This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck, The Blaze Radio Network. No one can deny the fact that labor unions have brought positive changes to the labor environment in America. Rather than a 12 to 16 hour day, Americans work eight hours a day. We have paid vacations, lunch, and other breaks during the workday. We have weekends off, overtime pay, child labor laws, and others. But these changes have come at a very high cost. There's been violence that in many cases took lives, mafia influence in many union shops. Performance and merit now are meaningless if you pay your union dues. And virtually nothing can remove you from your job, even if you're a lazy slug, or in the case of teachers' unions, touching children. There's been a serious loss of freedom for Americans who believe they have the right to work without paying union dues. And socialist, Marxist, communist, and progressive infiltration and ideology has spilled into the government, in part due to massive and unprecedented political contributions to radical candidates and causes. And let's not forget the rampant racism keeping blacks out of unions, the union label, which meant that the product was made by whites, as the union cigar label actually spelled out, and the Davis-Bacon Act which was a law that was passed in 1931 with the specific intent of preventing non-unionized blacks and immigrant laborers from competing with unionized white workers for scarce jobs during the Depression. Burgess Owens, who wrote the book Liberalism, had this to say about the Davis-Bacon Act and its racist aims under the guise of union protection. The Democratic Party put together some called the Davis-Bacon Act just for the purpose of um, protecting white unions against the black entrepreneurs. Uh, and it, 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 it says a lot to the, the, the tenacity, the drive, the understanding of the free enterprise that uh, the black race had at that time, and also the, the threat uh, to those who um, uh, did not want to compete against them. If you listen to CNBC, Bloomberg, or any financial network, you'll hear about the coming destruction of the bond market. What does that mean? Well... The bonds that you vote for, for better schools, more police, or firemen, are causing the cities to collapse from the inside. All over the nation, unions fought for and received massive pension promises for their government employees. Long after workers have left their job and retired, they continue to receive the majority of their working salary for life. Unfortunately, the money is simply not there to deliver on these crazy promises. In fact, simply not there is the understatement of the 21st century. According to a recent study that appeared in Forbes magazine, total unfunded state pension promises using market values were $3.28 trillion with a T. The only way to fulfill these promises would be for state legislatures to enact massive spending cuts and gigantic tax increases on the citizens of their state 
who didn't promise any of that money, certainly don't personally owe the money, and are not responsible or accountable in any way whatsoever, but are the ones who will be held accountable for the union's over-promises, and they are the ones who will eventually bear the brunt of this incredibly unfair situation anyway. Congress recently took some amazing steps to protect those Americans who had nothing to do with the union's pension deals. Michael Hudson, an economic professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, discussed the congressional budget. A budget is not supposed to rewrite the law, but what happened to something very radical? Uh, they, they rewrote two laws. Um, one of the laws was about bank derivatives uh, that Elizabeth Warren has spoken about, uh, promising to bail out uh, Citibank and other banks. If they lose on derivatives, they're going to get bailed out like they did in 2008. Uh, and the other was a, de- uh, a decision not to bail out the Pension uh, Benefit Guarantee Corporation, uh, the government's pension fund insurer. They decided, they passed a new law, they rewrote the law, they declared the 1974 uh, ERISA Act uh, protecting pensions illegal, and they said if uh, pension funds cannot pay their retirees, uh, they get to be cut back and they don't get to go to the government uh, to get guarantee. We've abolished the government guarantee on pension funds uh, uh, if the pension fund is run by a labor union. So should the government guarantee workers' pensions? Sometimes people forget the government doesn't have a retail store that it runs. It doesn't sell any products that it is made. The government is not a money-making entity. When the government guarantees wages, that means you, the American taxpayer, is on the hook for that guarantee. So has it all been worth it? Do the victories won by the unions in the workplace outweigh the heavy cost? You, as the American citizen, you, as the taxpayer, you, as the up-and-coming next generation of Americans, will have to be the judge. One of the reasons that unions are in this precarious position is that for decades now, they have been experiencing declining union membership. There simply aren't the number of working employees available in the unions anymore to make the payments to those who have been promised the money. It's a giant Ponzi scheme. The Bureau of Labor Statistics says labor union membership is at its lowest level since the 1930s. According to the department, unionization is on the decline. Union membership was declining so drastically that in 2008, the unions used their muscle with Democrats to try to force the card check or the Employee Free Choice Act. Card check was legislation in Congress that was a union sign-up card. If 50% of the unions plus one in any given workplace signed the card, it became a union shop. There were several problems, one of which was that the cards went directly to the National Labor Relations Board to be counted. The employer never got to see or count the cards. They were just forced to trust the word of the union board and accept the verdict from them, as would any employee who voted no. Ryan Walton, former organizing director for the UFCW Local 700 in Indianapolis, details some of the other issues with the Employee Free Choice Act. 
the dishonest person who goes out there and just misleads people, bullies them, intimidates them, does whatever they can to get those cards signed, is going to be able to produce a stack of cards. They can say anything or do anything to get them to sign the card. They can take them out for a couple of beers and have them intoxicated and sign them up. They can go to people's homes, knock on their doors as many times as they want, harass them, bother them, whatever they want to do. You can tell them that the card is to sign up for a mailing list. And they sign it, and that signature means every bit as much as someone who signs it making a fully informed choice. So the union organizers who were under a lot of pressure to produce cards would carry two-color cards. And they would go to someone's house, and they would knock on their door, and they would say, we're asking people who don't want the union to sign the red cards, and people who do want the union to sign the blue cards, and the person who was opposed to the union would sign the red card. Not reading the authorization language. Getting someone to sign a union authorization card is, it, is not a fact-based process. It is an emotional process. You have the worker who's in an emotional state because they're upset because that day the supervisor yelled at them on the floor. You also have situations where a coworker gives it to them, and maybe they don't really want to sign the card, but they do it just because they don't want to upset their coworker. You also have it where they will literally sign it just to, so people will stop bothering them. The union organizer comes by their house, knocks on their door day after day after day. They say, fine, give me the stupid thing. I'll sign it and be done with this process. Incredibly, and to the relief of so many right-to-work advocates, the legislation failed. It was a very rare instance where politicians did not cave into union interests. So is the power and influence of unions in America actually waning? What are the potential next presidents of the United States saying about them? In 2011, Donald Trump said, I have a great relationship with unions. I understand what's happening, let's say, in Wisconsin. I understand what's happening. Is Walker right in Wisconsin? I think that he is maybe right for his state. I think it doesn't necessarily apply to all states. You know, I've had a great relationship over the years with unions. We've had collective bargaining. I've become very wealthy. I've dealt with unions because, as you know, New York is largely unions. You're dealing with them. I have great friends that are in unions and heads of unions. So I haven't had the same difficulty and problem. But I think you have to do what's right for you. I respect him. He's tough. Walker, He's unyielding, about? yes. He's unyielding. And maybe sometimes too unyielding and maybe not too unyielding. He wants Wisconsin to come back. He wants to have a great balanced budget. So I understand what he's doing. And Hillary Clinton on the campaign trail. I think it's pretty clear. You look at when we built the American middle class, it came out of the American labor movement. Unions provided provided the ability to bargain with powerful economic interests. That is the history. And I look at what your governor has done, destroying, destroying unions, making it more difficult for families. I got a letter from a union electrician from DeForest. He wrote me and he said, I'm working as hard as I can. My wife is a teacher. She makes $36,000 a year. She's working as hard as she can. The cost of everything, including childcare, is going up. And every time I turn around, the governor of my state is trying to make my life even harder. You know, I thought you were in public life to actually make the lives of the people you served better, not harder. Clinton's pandering to unions was important enough for her and her campaign staff that they actually turned it into a commercial for her presidential run. However, her rhetoric was very different when she was a Walmart board member. 
Walmart, of course, is non-union, and some of its officials have been decidedly anti-union over the years. But Hillary didn't seem to have any concern over that during this Walmart board meeting in 1990. You know, as a shareholder and director of our company, I'm always proud of Walmart and what we do and the way we do it better than anybody else. Despite the union's incredibly checkered past and present and dwindling membership, they still continue to greatly influence America's politicians and political process. Why? Money. They continue to be the largest contributors to the Democrats and progressive causes. What the future holds for them remains to be seen. What that future means for us depends on what the politicians do. But again, whether or not the positives outweigh the negatives outlined here is up to each American to decide. Want more cereals? You can listen to every episode at glenbeck.com slash cereals. Next week, you'll learn about the history of the 912 movement. Glenn Beck. The last time you purchased your mattress, you were also paying for things you didn't know. You're paying for the showroom. You're paying for the guy's salary who helped you, the commissions, and the reseller's profit. Casper Mattress has changed all of that. They sell directly to you. That's why the most comfortable mattress you have ever slept on is going to save you a ton of money. Cost you much less than the mattress you bought years ago. Casper was invented with two high-tech foams that guarantee that you sleep cool and comfortable with the support that you need. Also, Time Magazine, because of this, named it one of the best inventions of 2015. And your Casper mattress ships free and is delivered in a small, really, honestly, how did they do that kind of box? Tanya and I have a Casper mattress, and we love it. Try one in your own home for 100 nights, risk-free. If you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund every single penny. And right now, you can get $50 off of the purchase of any mattress by visiting casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. Casper.com slash Glenn.